0: and horror. The air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. It's alive! It's alive! <laughs> Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive, factoid-filled episode exploring Hollywood's most (gasps) famous monsters. I am your mistress of ceremony, Sam, and I am joined, as always, by Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Dan. My voice went really squeaky there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are back, back, back again, and we are heading into a world that we've not quite been in yet we've not we've not been in the king universe yet have we oh we have we have that's a lie big fat lie we did pennywise for fuck's sake yes we did and it's our most successful episode still to date thank you guys (laughs) we are delving into the more it's pretty grim and dark, isn't it? I mean, Dan's sign in the background does really give it away. But <laughs> if people are listening on iTunes and Spotify, you will not be able to see that. But this episode is a bit grim. There's a bit dark. It does have a lot of death in it? Um, we are doing pet cemetery. Yes, pet cemetery. And the monster in this is for you to decide and me to ask yes. questions about, because there is a monster in this. It's just. Which way? Which way is the monster? Which Who is it? What is it? We don't know. I don't know. I really I don't know. know. <laughs> well, I'll get the disclaimer out of the way with and then we'll crack on in to this because there's a lot to dice stack today. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord page or the comment section and we can have an open discussion. But what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong because we can all agree to disagree in fandom so let's keep it fun keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism hit it dan don't be a dick perfect and if anyone can hear banging i apologize my kittens are going nuts at the door (laughs) so pet cemetery the 1983, it's 40 years old, 1983 horror novel written by Stephen King. It has been adapted into two major movies in 1989 and 2019. And has also been a, a pre- there has also been a prequel released this year called Bloodlines. There is no gain without risk. Perhaps no risk without love. But sometimes death is better. <laughs> As we bring you pet cemetery, yeah, yay! I quite like that one. There is no gain without risk, perhaps no risk without love, because this is such a topsy turvy fucking film of you can do one thing, but don't do that thing, don't do that, but do this. Bringing back an animal is totally fucking fine. But don't bring back a human. You can't deal with the grief of an animal. You
1: most you're gonna certainly de-
0: won't deal with the grief. <laughs> but you're going to have to deal with the grief of a human because that person should never come back. These are the questions that lie right. amongst this movie, this book. <sighs> I'm very, very confused. But let's get into it. <laughs> yes. So... We've got the 1989 movie, mm-hmm. and we've we, both seen. Yeah, we won't mention number two because Stephen
1: King denounced it. So shall we? I
0: on. didn't even look into it because yes, I just but... saw the I saw the cover poster and went, no,
1: no. <laughs> well, it, I will quickly summarise it up. Edward Furlong, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown is the only saving grace to that entire film because he comes back, and that's that really. Okay. Stephen King Stephen King watched it or he read the synopsis. It was one or the other and he went, no, take my name off of that. I don't want anything to do with that.
0: Good for him. So they, your they had to take
1: his name off. So, yeah, so two, in my opinion, is not sitting in the King verse as it sits at the moment. But the three that we've got is the eighty nine, nineteen, and then possibly Bloodlines. I mean, at this point, what I did, think... Did I would...
0: call it Bloodlines earlier or something else? I don't know. I don't know. It's actually called Bloodlines. If I said the wrong name earlier, sorry. <laughs> I think you <laughs> it just bit... called it a prequel. Did I? I don't know. My head's all fuzzy at the minute. Um, I did watch it today, and I know we're going to get into it, but I am going to say it's okay. Yeah, It's not a bad film. Yeah, no. I actually enjoyed it. However, if you are a fan of the original, if you're a fan of Pet Sematary in a whole, as in, even the 2019, the 1989 one, you know the story. You know how it ends. Yep. You know it from start to finish. Yep. But it doesn't matter because them characters were quite intriguing, quite endearing and actually likeable. So I was kind of... Strangely,
1: strangely likeable.
0: Yeah. Because I I was set to go, "Mm -mm,
1: why are you doing this? And then the minute it clicked, because I didn't... I have a habit of not... If there's a movie I want to see... I will try and avoid the trailers and I, I know I said this to you guys before, mm. but I try and avoid the trailers because I like to go in blind because yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to know the ins and outs. I haven't seen the trailers for Exorcist or Sorex. So well actually Sorex did someone sort of shared it and tagged me in it. And before I knew what it was, I'd seen like the the opening bit of the credit uh, the 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 trailer and I was like off, off off and I think I got the gist of the entire movie in that ten seconds, you know. But I try and avoid them to the best of my ability. And so I managed to avoid bloodlines
0: all the way through. Did you, did you, have you seen Sorex yet? No, not yet. It hasn't, it won't ruin a goddamn thing. Right. I promise you, it will not, that trailer would not ruin anything. Um, But I get what you mean. Trailers these days are movies. Just leave, just, you don't need to put the entire plot
1: line, all the kills, and, everything else in in a trailer because you're not enticing, you're not intriguing people to come to the, <clears> the <throat> cinema anymore.
0: And just, just watch going... a trailer. We'll just watch a trailer. Yeah. And it's only been in the last few years I've started doing it.
1: Because
0: mm. if you watch all the trailers, even maybe three, four years ago, they were not as in-depth. They were dun 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 moments. And that was mm. it. And I take Guardians of the Galaxy for example, because it's one of my favorite trailers of all time. Cause I think that the the music just goes perfectly with it. And it was the first time that whole dun, dun, dun was fit in and it fit in with every bit clip. And that is just clips and clips and clips, tiny little snippets. Can't really make anything out. Right. But now it's like the Spider-Man movie that came out a couple of years ago. saw everything, yeah. absolutely everything, nothing was a surprise. And I'm starting to get sick. And I can't believe I'm seeing this of all people get sick of people oversharing when it comes to movie sets. Let's take Ghostbusters, for example. I don't want to see mm-hmm. the pictures of what is happening. I don't want to see Dan Aykroyd in his suit before that movie comes out.
1: Yep, yeah, I avoided every trailer for Afterlife. I did so well, and I was so pleased with myself. Sat my ass in that cinema. And even when we were in cinemas and they started playing the trailer, I'd literally head, shut my eyes, hand over my ears mm-hmm. la 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 until it finished because I didn't want to know yeah. Ghostbusters is, is like another one that's incredibly dear to me growing up mm. you know so I even have a tattoo of Peter Bateman you know so why like, not yeah. um but yeah it's like it is it's, a, it's a, just a comfort movie of extreme levels for me and I know so many people that were involved in this new movie and I'm like mm-hmm. please don't share anything please don't because I want the element of surprise that I had with the afterlife end sequence. I I was watching grown man men blur their eyes out at that scene, and it was all because everybody had managed to just pause it down, let it be. You know, let it be. Yeah,
0: I can't believe I'm actually seeing all of this, given that I used to do trailer reactions (laughs) on youtube but it's just because of how things have changed Mm. with the trailer with with uh, with the trailers that i did it was just bits and pieces it wasn't a full fucking movie we're totally getting off subject here but hey hey it's what we do if we aren't throwing tangents we aren't doing our podcast right correct so i'm gonna ask this just to get it because i mentioned at the beginning why did judd is it Jud? Am I saying it's it right? Judd. Yeah, yeah. Judge. Why did Jud or Judas, as I kept calling him today? <laughs> allow Lewis to bring the cat back, but not expect him when his son died to bring his want to, to want to bring his child back to do it by any means necessary. I can't fathom that. I there was a snippet in the book that I read where he said he couldn't bear the idea the idea of him suffering this grief. The movie in the book, Judge and Lewis, is it Lewis? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Lewis, yeah. yeah. Judge and Lewis, they um they had a, a very stronger relationship in the book than what they do in the movie. I mean yeah. it is implied, but you've only got a certain period of time to like re- bond yeah. that relationship in a book it can be stretched. And they had an almost father-son relationship. And he couldn't bear the idea of Ellie um yeah. Losing her cat, losing Churchill, couldn't bear the fact she would have to deal with that grief. But he was totally fine with Lewis to deal with that grief. With Gage, I just, I just can't get my head around where his thoughts would have been and why. Now, mm, God, no, go on. but now
1: having seen Bloodlines, yeah, does it put it in perspective for you?
0: A little bit, a, a little bit, because that was fucking brutal. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, and um, I want to make a very clear spoilers from the outset when it comes yeah. to the prequel that's just been released. If you don't want to hear about it, please don't listen. Go and watch it, experience it. If you're a you know a Pet Cemetery fan, yeah. if you're happy to continue, hey. But that was fucking brutal.
1: Yeah, honestly, I was surprised. I wasn't. I when I saw Henry Thomas from E. T. Elliot
0: in it, I saw David Duchovny. My... Yeah my, heart, my office... heart grew sizes when I see him on screen every then, time I see Henry Thomas I'm like oh. but Pam Greer as well we're talking yeah. Pam Greer I
1: mean she is like a staple in the Tarantino world mm-hmm. Pam Grier. we're talking and I mean she was not what I, I wasn't expecting to see her in no. the movie don't know why just it was a, it, no. a bit of a surprise but it was a good surprise because The way they laid it out is that this is just a cycle that keeps happening. Like every X amount of years, someone comes in, there's a loss happen, and someone does the stupid shit. And David is his character is responsible for the stupid shit that ensues
0: after this. Oh, absolutely. Um, Her character was fucking immense. The scene with the dog where she goes in and you just hear and it's like and I just thought oh shit she's gone and then, mm. then she just comes around with this fucking scratch and I think, yeah I had to kill his dog like she just sits down so nonchalant like mm. yeah I killed the dog. In the cafe yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she... yeah I just absolutely loved her I wish there was more screen time with her mm-hmm. but I get why I, I, I just I, I'm happy for what we got
1: <laughs> I think they focused a lot more on the purpose of the killings, yeah, in this one, like in the in the eighty nine version, you don't see them actually feasting on the bodies like you do in Bloodlines. Bloodlines no. implies that they're having to eat the bodies; they are technically zombies. Yes, um, whereas it's it's never. I don't think it's implied in the
0: original. It's not. There's zombies. Don't. It's. Mm. It is in the book, obviously, source material, but I don't think it is in that It's definitely not. Yeah. So, fun fact number one, 1989 one, George A. Romero Mm -hmm. was lined up to be the original director for this, but he dropped out to do... It's on the tip of my tongue. Mm, 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 mm.
1: Monkey Shines?
0: Yes, Monkey Shines, and Mary Lambert took over.
1: Yeah. Now
0: the minute george's name appears he like yep zombie movie totally get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i
1: mean yeah and then like it it was because of the work that him and um stephen did on creep show yeah so stephen knew that he could hand his work and trust his work with george because he'd obviously worked with george prior and um, so he felt very comfortable with george but then mary seemed to when george couldn't do it mary seemed to get a grasp on what it was that stephen was trying to achieve with the book rather than make it like a mini series of yeah. tragedies and whatnot
0: um because he... you could you you could with this town just put a fucking fence up. Seriously. You yeah, can't, just, can't, just, can't just so move. much shit. Exactly, exactly. But let's just slip in another person Yes. before Mary gets asked to do the job. It's asked, <laughs> our, our dear and lovely Tom Savini gets asked yep. to direct, and he yeah. turns it down as well. I mean, I can understand why to a degree, um, unless he had other... I Whether want to say other commitments because I feel that this would have been up his roadhouse. There is, yeah. there, there is stunt work, there is makeup, and there's a story. There's a really good story. Yes. And a really like I have so many things swirling around my head with this whole story because it's so I'm not saying convoluted in a bad way. I'm saying it in a good way. Like it right. makes me question quite a bit and like yeah then that means there's law there. That means there's there's more there, and that could be developed. Like, if we're getting prequels, like, the fuck we could get a prequel of a prequel? Like, do you know what I mean? I, I, there's so much more that can be done with this because there's so much to it than just, you know, we bury them and they, they come back. That That's yeah, just part of it.
1: The one thing I will say that goes to that, that puts the 89 version, in my opinion, as the top runner of the three, because like I said, I'm not counting no. Pet Cemetery Two. Doesn't um, exist. <laughs> it's purely the things like if you actually watch that movie, the cinematography, mm. the colors. You don't get that in the other two films.
0: No, you don't. Um,
1: it's it's like where Judd's standing on top of the the burial ground. It's, it's a Micmac burial ground, isn't it? I think that's what it's yep. called. Um, and they do like a big shoot on a crane. So they catch the sun setting or sun rising in the back. And it is the most beautiful shot because Fred Gwynn was like 6'7
0: or something, wasn't he? He was he a was giant a, man. He was a giant of a man. But the only choice, the only choice for Jud. I will say John Lithgow did a bloody good job in oh, the remake. But... Absolutely. Like, uh, you, you can't... You could put John Lithgow in anything and you are getting the performance of a lifetime because he is yeah. just a fucking, he's an amazing actor. But if you are stacking him up against <laughs> Ed Gwynn in this role, he's never going to win. In no, my Fred, eyes, anyway.
1: No, I, I mean, obviously, soft spot for Fred. Can't really... Um, I've just called know. him Ed Gwynn.
0: <laughs> what is wrong with me? Do you know what? <laughs> yeah. Oh i know breath. what it is no i know what it is so i told you last night about that video about them finding santa claus <laughs> yeah. he is called ed Quint or something right. like, it's very similar because when they found him i went oh my god they found herman monster and it wasn't <laughs> their names are very similar <laughs> Oh, that's yeah.
1: unfortunate. Yeah, and they both yeah got unmarked graves technically. Oh, yeah. Sad. Oh, I know.
0: And that's oh. I mean, tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is pretty. Like, it's pretty sad when you really think about what it is we're dealing with. It's like kind of subplotted in there because it's pure grief. It is this. This
1: whole film is i will get to a few things that stephen king has said about this movie Mm -hmm. in a bit but i just wanted to go back to the special effects thing about Mm -hmm. you know like you were saying about tom savini and that yeah um i actually found out the special effects guy was david leroy anderson and his wife is actually heather langenkamp so nancy from um, oh my god it's freddie freddie yeah um They've been married for years and years and years. So she then worked with Miko on, I think it was New Nightmare or one of those ones mm-hmm. that she did. Uh, and then Miko went on to be in um Mercury Rising, I think it was. And he's done a a, a few other things, including, and you should know this, because I'm I'm really proud of myself that I know this. Ice Nine Kills, Funeral Derangements video. He drives so the lorry tough. that Jeff hits is the kid. <laughs>
0: I really he, fucking love that song.
1: But he drives the lorry that kills the kid. And I'm just yeah. like, I see what you did there, Spencer. I
0: yeah. see. Because he's very fucking clever. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He actually recorded... um this There's is, this is a song dedicated to Scream. It's a fucking brilliant song. He actually recorded it in the house that was used for Stu Mocker's house in Scream. <laughs> but that's fucking metaphor. Yeah, I love that song. But I, I, do you know what? I was actually going to go the whole episode without bringing that song up. <laughs> I was like, no, Sammy will be pleased if I mention those no ideas. Yes, so. of course. My Although favorite Bill
1: Mosley as well in that video, so can't really.
0: Oh. At the end of to- policeman. He... <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. It's but you know what's so funny? Whenever the song comes on, Spotify always shows like clips of the video. Yeah. And it's never he's never in it, so I'm like, I don't see it. Um now I've got it stuck in my head. It's a very hard, like it's a very hard song. Yeah. Like it's a brr, brr, brr song, and but then you hear the sometimes death is better.
1: <laughs> it's, it's very rhythmic, so it sticks in your head that bit. But yeah, the video is yeah. really cool, so give the video a watch.
0: Yeah. But, um, listen to the band. Just don't do what I do and listen to them 365 days of the year, because Spotify will pick that up.
1: They will tell you, <laughs> you're my biggest fan.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm expecting like an email at some point going, the, the day I stop listening to them, are you okay? <laughs> Can we help you in any
1: way? Um, did you know that they were originally going to cast someone else as
0: Lewis? Creed? Yes, yes, I now, do. How would this movie have turned out had he have been cast? But I think, and this is nothing against the guy who ended up playing those, because I generally like him. There was nothing wrong with his performance, but if it was him, I don't. I think I don't know how I would feel about it because it's almost too on the nose, with how he could have potentially he could have been. It's Bruce Campbell. Yes, that's who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was Bruce um, Campbell was the first choice for Lewis Creed, and I just get the minute I saw the minute I saw that I just thought it would be Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead.
1: It, it that's how I felt. Campy, I think it would have gone into that realm of I. Don't, Obviously, the direction the Sam Raimi gave Bruce was campy, hand yeah. it up, blah blah blah. Um, and I don't think Mary would have given him that. But I've never seen Bruce act straight in anything. So no. um, everything is done by the hotel. Even these cameos and all of the Spider-Man movies that Sam had anything to do with the. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. um, <sighs> it was all slapsticky. Over the Everything top. Comedy. Is. Because yes. that's
1: what people know him for. And I'm probably wrong. He probably has done a straight movie. I just don't know. I have not no. seen it. Me neither. Um, so I don't know if he could have played the grief right, because it wouldn't that's have it. been a case of shutting your head in the fridge to get rid of your grief, you know.
0: No until
1: th- you forget, th- you know. <laughs> yes yeah. This
0: needed this needed a level of oh God, it needed to go deep. It and it did, needed to yeah. be raw and the guy who plays Lewis, I'm very sorry. I didn't write any of the cast names down. Style. Um, he name's was... Style. It's the look on his face. It's just the... the you see, it, he plays it all in his eyes. And it's just... it's per- It really is perfect. I genuinely... I'm going to be very honest. The 2019 one, for mm-hmm. all yes, I have seen it. It's not etched in there. The 1989 one, I've seen a fair few times. And it is, like in there permanently i can picture scene after scene after scene in here i love the aesthetic of the 2019 one i love the colors you know we were mentioning about the colors in the 1989 one yeah. i love the aesthetic of that it almost gives me a lot of wicker man kind of feel like the kind of pagan is he kind of and i know it's not yeah. because it's it's indian heritage it's it's that sort of heritage but it still gives me that kind of vibe, and I don't think I think the colors and the masks as well. They kind of the help kids with that. doing the procession to bury yes. the dog at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean that kind of helps.
1: I, if I'm honest, I am going to do something controversial. It's the '89 mm. bloodlines, and then the '2019 for me because '2019. I want to say, oh God, I don't know. How the best way to describe it but when they jumped the shark and recast ellie instead Mm -hmm. of gage as the creepy kid yeah it lost it for me because i don't want gage kills it because he can't really he's not very eloquent he hasn't got a lot to say so it's all in his face Mm -hmm. and the kid miko hughes at two pulling just a. I know some of it was special effects and they did some molds of his faces and, the, the, you know, oh, yeah, stunt doubles and things like that. for some of the. Two. Yeah, for some of the things. But for a kid at, of two to understand what he needed to do in that moment, especially after his dad has euthanized him in the neck and he's, like, looking really shocked and then he walks off and goes, no fair, or you're mm. not fun or so, something like that as he walks around the corner with a big kid's bottom lip,
0: you know. And it, it I am. Um, just... they they said they they were going to use twins for Page's yeah. character, but because of how fucking brilliant this two year old was, like he what you asked him to do, they had to use ten cats for Churchill. <laughs> a lot of cats. <laughs> they had to use a lot of cats because cats, believe it or not, are dickheads who you cannot train. They not said like a each... dog. Yeah. yeah, each cat had like one purpose one scene wasn't it yep. or something like that yep uh-huh because you can't train a cat it's as <laughs> simple as that um but with him there was just, if you told him to emote something a two-year-old he would do that now ellie is a twin mm-hmm. the really shit part is with ellie the girl the, the twin who plays her the most is not the one who's actually credited how shit is that because they did it they, they used the other twin to just re- alleviate her a bit cuz yeah. she was working a long time and but and she was the one who got the fucking credit like, she was I mean, she only did a bit like she dropped off on the second half of the movie didn't she really though mm-hmm. yeah she was not there a lot cuz it's not really to be honest the story this story the movie story doesn't focus on Ellie the <laughs> novel on the other hand Ellie psychic yeah they allude to it in the film they you do know, but the falls
1: and
0: yeah but mary said the the little the girls couldn't really it was hard to fit into such an already very fast moving there's a lot going on here yeah. movie and then to add in a little girl who was psychic that's a hell of a lot to explain in the short period of time that they have so i was totally fine knowing that, that would have that was removed from there. Yeah. Um I didn't I see didn't, a huge problem with that.
1: I didn't think it needed it to be fair. No, it, it doesn't it wouldn't it wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered. I mean she even though she just tells her dad of her dreams, I yeah. think that's that was enough, you know. Um you you didn't need a whole section on it. No. You know, with a book you've got the ability to spend six chapters talking about it. But and Stephen movie, King probably
0: did. Yeah, yeah. Took That's with all his books. Yeah, um, he likes to explain the back end of a fart. You're not wrong. <laughs> I've tried um, to read it. I've tried to read it. I now own it on audio book because I can't, I give in. You can just sit there yeah. as a collector. Like I, yeah. I give in. But this book actually is another one where we may never have been able to see it. But thank you to Tabitha King. Um, she was that he shelved it just yeah. like he did with Carrie. He shelved it, didn't think it was good enough, and she picked it out and went, Nah, this needs, you need to get this out.
1: Yeah. She said, uh, and even he says it's the most terrible thing he has ever written. Yes. But not because it's bad, because it's like the darkest matter you can possibly think of the the death of your own child. Um,
0: He got the the idea from the death of his daughter's cat. (laughs) Schmucky, schmucky, (laughs) schmucky. It, that's where the idea came from. And if you are paying very close attention, Smokey has his own grave in Pet Cemetery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, gr- I can totally understand where he's coming from. It is a grim subject matter. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not even taught to- like the death side of it. Put that aside, you have, you've been given an opportunity to bring that person back. It's the moral question, isn't it? Yes. No. No. I don't
1: care how much in grief you are. If you know that you bought that cat back and that cat back came back something different to the cat that you buried, what the fuck would it do to a human? No, thank you.
0: No. 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 Just no. (laughs) No, it's the, and it is the moral side of it because I've watched this and I've seen Buffy and I've seen enough programs where they're like, they didn't want to come back. No. They were happy where they were. Leave them be. I understand it, though, because in grief, and I know this from very recently, I would do anything. I always, I would do anything to have that time back. But at what cost? Like, yeah, what's exactly. the cost? And I don't particularly want to find that out. And it seems
1: like everybody else pays the price, not the person that did the deed. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that a two-year-old takes down a six-foot-seven-year-old, a six-foot-seven bloke, you know, with a scalpel
0: I sounds We're going his neck.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing; sounds implausible, but they worked it out really well in the movie. I mm-hmm. mean, someone tried to say that the 2019 version was better than the 89 version because Ellie was more eloquent. She gave people the creeps more, and I was sitting there going, "Did we watch the same film?" Mm. Honestly. Gage uh, Gage is, Gage a, is a, terrifying. Mm. He is a horror icon in the sense of that. Yes. Not not in the sense of that he's a mass murdering, had many movies since, sequels and all that sort of thing. Gage, mm-hmm. it's the unsettling thing that you've buried a two-year-old that technically, and I'm going extra gross here, would have been Pink Mist after being hit by that truck. He wouldn't have just had a tiny little scar on his forehead. But, <laughs> you know... For the sake of the, the story, I am I'm
0: only gonna... sm- I am only smiling because I know where you got pink mist from. Just <laughs> <laughs> totally you know... killer, totally killer. Ah, pink mist.
1: <laughs> but he would have been. I mean, let's be honest. You have a.
0: He would have been know smush. how many times?
1: Yeah. So he, I mean, he literally
0: just... would have been shmush. Um...
1: I'm taking it at the thought that he fell over, bumped his head, but hit his head so hard that he died and the truck didn't actually hit him. It just ran over the top of him, but not run him over.
0: It had to move because he was in perfectly good tact.
1: Exactly. Even when they were fighting and that scene makes me feel sick in the funeral home at the kid's funeral. I I don't get reactions from movies lightly. It takes a lot Mm. to make me, me feel anything because I know it's not real. But that one scene where the grandpa and the dad are fighting and they knock Gage's coffin off the side and like his little arm falls out or whatever it is that happens. And I'm just like, oh, no,
0: no. And, and
1: like, they had no... Decorum? They had no. I don't know what the word is. I know, like I say, grief is a fucking weird thing, and it, it's different for everybody.
0: Yeah, it can, make, it can make you do some really fucked up things. And that scene, I remember. That scene oh, isn't the nicest. Um, it's horrible. It is because this is this is a movie. Just it is a purely uh, grief. Yes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. grief, but there is so much more into the story because there's all more. There's also Rachel. Rachel's story. Ugh. Zelda. Zelda. Now, I was very confused on first watching this because I'm very fairly new to Pet Cemetery. Even though I've seen it a fair few times, I'm still like fairly new to it. And I was like, what, "Why? Why? Why are we seeing this? Why? Why do we need to know about Zelda?" But it's trauma. It's yeah. it, it's just another side of trauma, and sometimes grief and trauma come hand in hand. And Rachel is just as part of this story as Lewis is. Yeah. So her trauma needs to be recognized. And to do that, you have the flashback scenes with Zelda. Um Who, by the way, had meningitis?
1: I think it was spinal meningitis she was
0: supposed to have. She had meningitis. My, my sister had meningitis. And I can't remember her doing shit like that. I was gonna to say to Michaela. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe now. <laughs> I only say that because I know she does not I know she does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, I, I can say that.
1: <laughs> it's it's like I understand why they did it because they were trying to set the scene for what inevitably pans out towards the end with Gage. Um Denise's Denise Crosby's character. Um, she basically is, she's got PTSD and she's got unresolved grief issues from when her parents left her alone with her sister who died on her watch because I think she choked on her dinner or something or she just died. I can't remember the reason why she died, but the parents left her alone. So that then sets the scene that the parents are already shitty human beings Mm -hmm. because they expected a 12-year-old to babysit however old Zelda was supposed to be um and zelda creeped the shit out of rachel as it was uh, yeah. and the parents expected mm. her to to be responsible for her sister so number one shitty parents number two the shitty parents kicking off at the funeral they don't really have much going for them really in no. my opinion those no, parents
0: not at all no. not a, not at all i just i i was very confused by the whole why would zelda be in there but you really have to like You have to remember that rachel is still a character in this like she's still a part of this it's this is not just the lewis engage or you know lewis and judge show she is also a part of very much a part of this and i think they go into zelda's story a lot more in the book yeah um i have not actually read the book just to make that very clear to people um i did a big read on the I, i read the plot of the book and then i read the plot of the 1989 one to compare the two, yeah, no, not much different. Just a lot more detail. Yep. That was that was probably the big part because Stephen King had very much a lot to do with the movie. He even insisted, insisted it had to be shot in Maine. Yep, had to be shot. He also, in
1: Maine. this was the first time he'd ever adapted one of his own novels into a screenplay because he did the screenplay for this movie.
0: I didn't read that part. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, so, that's he, so
1: cool. He um he, he said it was a, a choice because he didn't want a movie so heavy to be chopped and changed and messed around and yeah. not given the respect the grief needs mm-hmm. to have and not. Oh yeah, he wanted it to flow through you know obviously it does because it's one after another after another you know um so he wanted to keep it an ongoing theme whereas he was worried that if someone else wrote the screenplay they weren't as invested in the whole element of grief and they would try and make it into a horror movie
0: Mm -hmm. and you could you could you could do that
1: it is a horror movie by all Mm -hmm. intents and purposes you have your dead ghost kid that's coming to lewis in all his dreams You know, yeah. and then you've got things being reanimated and coming out as zombies.
0: But yeah, yeah. it's... Dead zombie kids. And um, it's very personal. So I kind of like the idea that he did the screenplay for it because it would lose that personal touch yeah. that he has given the story initially. Um, Fred Gwynn des- described playing Judge as putting on a pair of overalls. Like, it was so natural to him. Yeah. I fucking love this man. Every yeah. time I read something more about him, I fall more in love with him. Because yeah. that is such a lovely thing to see.
1: I was lucky enough to have a really great grandpa, but I swear, if I could have had, you know, not known my grandpa and I had a yeah. choice, Fred Gwynn would have been the
0: yeah. guy that I would
1: have cho- chosen
0: totally understand i I totally i am with you on that one my granddad was like i've talked about him a lot on this Mm. podcast because he is like this one and on the sunday one he is i am me (laughs) mainly because of him Mm. Um, everything that i love from wrestling to star wars to my figures to you know is all down to him because my granddad my granddad used to sit in his chair and tell me I've seen the world and I've never had to move an inch. He loved his fucking telly. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely so. I totally get that. But yeah, if I didn't have such an amazing granddad, I would really, I would have had, I would have loved. I would have loved him as Herman Munster, though. <laughs> <laughs> was very morally
1: driven as Herman. You know, he, wasn't he had a lot of. It, it, everything was like it doesn't matter who you are you just should be accepted for who you are they were giving messages that people are still trying to give today in the 60s for crying out loud the, the monsters yeah. and it's like you sit there and you're going Jesus we've come this many years down the line 60 odd years since that was out yeah, and we're still having to drum that shit into people that it's yeah. okay to be. It's, it's you want
0: to be. It's, that speech gets brought up on TikTok. It does the rounds now and again, and every time I sit and listen to every word he says, and I still manage to cry at the end because it's just it's not just what he's saying; it's how he's saying it. It's yeah. the sincerity in his face, even behind all that makeup. You can still see his face and his eyes and I choke up every time. Every time I see him on screen, whether it be my cousin's Vinny or which is is it is my cousin's Vinny, isn't yeah. he? Is the judge in that Did you say Ots? <laughs> it's the um my my biological clock is ticking. <laughs> <laughs> um I he towers in that movie as well. Like mm. you don't think you can see his true size until he actually leans up on his table and he is literally leering over the table. Um, but I just I absolutely love him. And this was I was devastated at his death, but mm. I got it. He was part of it. Mm. He was very much a part of it. If if he didn't show him the cemetery, this would never have happened.
1: Yeah, and and I do. Too- I have him watched Bloodlines now, and mm. Judd understanding the importance of what his family and the other founding families were doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: to then be the custodian of the knowledge, because that was his mm. job. Yeah. Going, because I don't think any of the others had kids that they passed the knowledge on to. So Judd was the only one left yeah. with the book that Henry Thomas gave him. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that you don't know, Henry Thomas plays judd's dad and uh the bloodlines is a prequel based roughly 20 years prior mm-hmm. to the 89 version now my only my only beef with this film is that in 20 years he went from fit early 20s to being in his <laughs> 60s now
0: how can you get a 40 year age gap they didn't really think that one they they, they didn't so but i can kind of forgive them on it cuz i thought the guy who played judge was he had so he had the the well mannerisms that our judge in 1989 has the kind yeah. nature it's all there the characteristics yeah. of 1989's judge is all in there so i didn't mind that that age gap does not make sense um oh i was going to i was going to this- say <laughs> something and i've <I'm> totally forgotten <laughs>
1: I think the thing is with it though it's like (sighs) Judd made the mistakes before you know he well he was around when the mistakes were made so when there's that whole section where um he freaks out in the 89 version with his overacting because I've called him out on that before where he knocks the beer bottles off and he's like oh when he says have you ever bought a human back and he knocks the beer bottles off and goes are you crazy man and he like has a whole like overacting section
0: if he just turned around and went, no,
1: <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> it was like it's so all It makes sense that he overacted because he was trying to cover up the fact that yes,
0: yes, he was aware he, that
1: it had happened. You know, and yeah. he doesn't confess to it in the eighty nine film till a bit later on. Um, but he then and that's when they start talking about the kid
0: from Bloodlines. So, yes, Timmy. As I kept saying, Timmy. he had every time he said his name, Timmy. Um, hey. He does. If you listen, if you do pay a close attention in Pet cemetery he does tell you the whole plot, uh, the whole plot to of what you're lines. about to watch of Bloodlines, and <laughs> um, tells you it in, in entirety. But watching it is a completely different experience. Watching David Duchovny, that yeah. that was special. That was a level. That was that was grief of such a higher level, like. He'd already done it. The movie had yeah. started; it already has been done.
1: Yeah, you just that... seem dragging him, don't you, at the uh, very, very beginning? And yeah. it's like there's no pussyfooting around it. We're not no. like, oh, we've just discovered this Indian burial. We are, ground, isn't it? Blah blah blah. Now nah, this has happened before. You know yeah. this has happened before because they tell you it's happened before, and mm-hmm. that's why the committee has been put together because it keeps happening
0: because people just can't let things fucking go but you can't you 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 have such you have such an opportunity to bring that person back there is something i don't know if i would like to think i am strong enough to be able to put things to bed yeah and say that you know it's like deal with my grief my loss yeah but if i given that opportunity Knowing that it's out there, knowing that I could do it without anyone having to know about it or anyone catching us, would I? I, I don't know. I know I wouldn't. I know I said earlier me. that I wouldn't, but looking over and thinking about like it, in David Duchovny's head, it's such a it's a mind fuck. Yeah, I can see
1: why he did it. Uh huh. But I wouldn't do it because I'm only doing it for me.
0: So. David so I can son. feel better yes be well, the that be that I'm is grief it. that is that is grief in, in its entirety my mother always says to us please to God when I'm gone do not go and visit me in a graveyard or anything like that you are not crying for me you are crying for yourself that's I love my Rex. mom but yeah, yeah but I've, she is
1: I've, I've already got an urn downstairs for myself uh it nice. is a cookie jar it's a cookie Excellent. jar that's a it's a boo ghost. You know, like a white sheep boot. And I said to Rob, just put me in the fire, stick me in that thing, and then make some jewellery out of me, flog me to make some money, keep a bit for yourself, sprinkle me in America somewhere, done. I I really don't want the pomp and circumstance of a big funeral. I don't want wailing women. I don't want the horse and carriage. I don't want to fuss. I I want to go out of this world as I came in, you know, quietly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want one of those truth tellers to come to my funeral and just <laughs> fucking let rip. <laughs> it depends. It depends when I when I perish yeah. is <laughs> either the people and are still said, alive. <laughs> <yeah>. Fuck you. <laughs> and or just pre-record an entire like. I'll have a whole fucking video. episode of me just yeah. like going yeah fuck you. And <laughs> did you see Carrie Fisher's um? No. It was a what's it called oh my god what's the the happy drug um oh not xanax or one of those it was a xanax tablet oh jesus christ <laughs> like the, the it was a pill shape oh, brilliant and it was halved in the middle and carrie fisher is sitting in a in a pill somewhere Amazing. she's actually she's part of her is because she's got a whole statue thing with her mother yeah and um, in los angeles yeah but a brother has part of her ashes in a xanax I think um, Billy has
1: some, doesn't she as well? Yeah,
0: yeah. But the, the, it's like some of their mom, some of their daughter, some of their brother. Um, yeah. I thought that was genius. But um going back to David Duchovny, so yeah. David, so Timmy, in the book, <laughs> it's described that Timmy um, <laughs> is killed in World War Two. Right? In, yes. No, injured in World War Two. Yeah, because that's how David Duchovny plays it. Injured. No, he doesn't. He says he come back and he got the silver star, and all he was, was good. Did or something? Was, yeah, yeah. But in it's World War II in the it in the book, but it was Vietnam. Well, yeah, in here. So to be honest, having it as Vietnam is actually a bit more because v- World War II, I don't think there was a draft, but there was for Vietnam, and a lot of yeah. men were angry that their young sons were taken away from them of a war that they knew. Nothing good was going to come of it. They were never going to win. Blah blah. blah. No. Um, that's me just saying it in a nutshell. I'm very sorry. I do not mean to offend anyone when I talk about the Vietnam War. Um, but there's anger behind it. So yeah. I can kind of understand why he made that decision, because he never wanted him to fucking go in the first place. Because you so think to-
1: if if David Duchovny is of the age he is, he might have already served in World War II. He might well have been in that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't go into it, but you know, as a as a supposition, I, I, I suppose that might have happened. He could have already served and then he's seen what his son's gone through. Yeah.
0: And he's like, Fuck no. I don't want that for you. Yeah. No. And he this the, he would have been angry at the fact that one, his son had been taken away from him anyways. And two, and, and in, a, in a way it was such a horrible way that these men were drafted. They're mm-hmm. fucking birthdays. Yeah, and on a piece of paper. Yes.
1: Put up it, put up in the village hall or oh. school, or like, and that's when you found
0: out whether it was D Day or not. You know, fucking awful, man. And then he get, then he actually does get killed. He does get taken away from him, like physically. It's not a hard. It's not an, knowing that you know that this fucking burial ground will do that. That is not a hard decision. That I don't think for him to make. No. No, I think he back...
1: justified it. He justified it straight away. He, I don't think that David Duchovny, because he wasn't one of the founding families,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think he might have had the knowledge
0: that they did in he respect act, of that. He, he doesn't act it, but he doesn't, when at the end, he holds his hands up. Yeah. He doesn't sit there and get argumentative or, you know, defensive. He fucking owns it. He Mm -hmm. knows what he's done.
1: He he, says, uh, "I brought him into the world. I'll take him out of this world." Or something. I I, I held.
0: I held him when I held him when he came into this world, and I will hold him when he leaves it. And that is fucking strong. That's heavy. Yeah. it's really heavy David Duchovny was so good in this there's mm. some things that Duchovny does where like, um what was the last thing I saw him in? it was the fucking craft oh I haven't watched that piece of shit the the beginning yeah. that one yeah um, well, I was fucking, well I fucking did of all the films <laughs> oh, the, no. of all okay. the films I could have sat and gone through you know the the plethora of shit mm. I have not seen I watched that um he is so fucking campy in it. Like he overacts. He overacts. Like his words. Like, he's meant to be a bad guy, and it's he, he, it's like he's made, playing a cartoon villain. Like it's totally not him. No, but thank that, you. That was so good. That was I. The more I talk about this movie, the more I'm starting to really, really. I mean, I liked it when it finished. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to really, really like it. The
1: thing about Duchovny as well, though, he it is quite um deceiving how tall he is. David Duchovny is quite a tall man. Mm. um in, in real life, Rob's six one, so I would say David Duchovny is around five. Well, Rob might be six two. I think he's more six two. So we're talking David Duchovny either five eleven or just hitting six foot. He's a he's a tall man, but he never yeah. looks it in this movie. No. he looks like the world has pushed him into the floor.
0: Like, I am just going to close my window because I can smell smoke and it's doing my tits in. <laughs> but yeah. It's I, it, into that time of year, can set me fireworks so off? And I can just smell it. I'm so sorry. My nose is too oh, sensitive cool. to start with.
1: Start sneezing now.
0: Oh, um, I hope to fucking God I don't. I've just stopped. Um, But yes, he's not. He doesn't. He, he looks like you can
1: tell he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Like yeah. when he's walking around, you can see he's got like this even after no. he's brought his son back he just he looks... still
0: he knows he kn- yeah. he knows how quickly he figured it out I'm not sure that Timmy did not come back <laughs> that's not never way... gonna be funny <laughs> <laughs> it did not come back he didn't come back the way he intended him to because no. when you come back you're not you no they <sighs>
1: They allude in a couple of the videos I saw. One of the theories. Now I'm not too sure I agree with this theory, but going back to the original, the the theory was that Zelda had possessed no gauge, and I was nope. like, no, nope. no,
0: no, nope. that's not no. no. Um, another yeah, one. Yeah, I'm, so, was... I'm sorry. Again, she had meningitis. No, <laughs> they're um, out like she had like all this like mental health issues and. Um, you know, possible schizophrenia. She had meningitis. Mm-hmm. She was very sick, but she wasn't fucking murderous. Yeah. No.
1: Um, oh the other one I saw was that the ground needed blood. So mm. it 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 had to feed. Um
0: I don't like that.
1: So that's why they were sent out, not to necessarily kill these people to bring them back but it was to give the ground the blood it needed to sustain the well, what would it, what would circle. it not have
0: done what, what would it not have done if it didn't get it because as we know with little shop of horrors yeah you know it gets it gets really fucking angry <laughs> like, what would the ground have done if it hadn't that's the question mm-hmm. and that was
1: because it's a indian
0: or unless they didn't want to find out, and they just fascinate. kept on doing it, so they probably nothing would have happened. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we got to keep it. We have to keep doing this because we don't want to find out what the fuck happens if we don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I like the that. book would have a bit more in depth, you know, because as you say, Stephen King does like to go into detail. Oh yeah, but from the out of all of the ones, that was the most plausible reason for me like you had to keep feeding it because otherwise something bad would happen mm-hmm. although there's something bad does keep happening because people just can't stop
0: being people yeah. you know mm. no they can't it's all right to bring an animal back though even though they don't uh, that's what see this is what This is, this is another thing another thing judge knows what happens to animals when they get brought back because he fucking witnessed it with Tachofny's dog. And he the brought stink. his own dog back. Yeah, he Yes, did. So... they stink. They're rotten. Yeah. They're not the same person. They're not mm-hmm. the same creature anymore. So he did that for Ellie's grief. He shouldn't yeah. have fucking bothered. No, no,
1: I, I completely agree. I mean, I think it was the one time Judd let himself just be nice, just... I think he just let his guard down and he was just like, race. oh, yeah. I can't bear her to go through stuff. And here's a way for her not to have ever known about the situation. But and by just... doing that, he then planted the seed with Lewis and the whole situation
0: fucking escalated awry.
1: Especially to the fact that when, I don't know how it happened, but when Gage kills the mum, kills Rachel, and she's hanging. I'm yeah. like, I, ca- I can't remember how that bit happened. But the setup for that was she was hanging. I was like, "He's two. He would be in the loft on a bit of string, you know. He if he was trying to pull her
0: up, <laughs> the movie, movie magic or oh, yeah, magic, just magic. Pure, we'll go with magic, pure magic. But they weren't going to end the film
1: like that because
0: no, they weren't. They, t-
1: they tested it, didn't they? And it, they it did. It was a lot more uh neat and happy and they, it was yeah, they left it to your own imagination yeah but then yeah. they realized that people wanted gross people wanted blech, you you've know? gone
0: through the gr- you've gone through the grimmest fucking thing possible a kid died like that is twice. That is, yeah that is twice. fucking grim and it just yeah. just the idea that that happened is grim enough but no these people wanted more fucking Rachel had to yeah. like, bite the bullet um but but it. Lewis does not learn his lesson. He no. has just been through something quite horrific, where his wife ended up getting killed, and his his justification for it all is, "I did gauge too late." Yes, he was already in the ground. He'd already had time to do what dead bodies do. She yeah. had not. Let's get her up she... there now. It'll all be different. Yeah. No, it no. doesn't work that way. There is a lot more afoot than just he doesn't un, he doesn't know and understand the law of all of it. If he which has, is odd because he's a doctor, you think his science brain would kick in and be more when, when your heart is completely broken for not just the first yeah. time but the second time and something that you you can't quite get your head around whatever science and logic it it just disappears Mm. you've just been told that there's a magic place where you can go and bring your loved ones back it's gonna happen he's gonna go there and there is a lot of backwards and forwards with this my opening line is incredibly contradictory and that i said earlier there is no gain without risk perhaps no risk without love so it's like it's okay just you can you can risk doing it but Sometimes death is better. Like it just completely (laughs) contradicts each other. But that's what this movie does. That's what this book does. Throughout, it contradicts itself because on one hand, it's okay to do this, but it's not okay to do this. Like we said it. Like I said at the beginning. And that, you know what? That's what makes it more fucking intriguing. And this is why I have loved the idea of talking about this one today. Yeah, because it's like. There's so many different conversations you can fucking have. To me, I'm more intrigued
1: at what the Native American Indian burial ground was. The whole purpose of that bringing them back thing. Was that a curse? Was it a um a rite of passage? Was it something that they did to make sure the earth was fed and they set this up to make sure the earth um had what it needed? Because, I don't know, if we're going Buffy, there's a hell mouth under there for all we know, you know. Mm. I would have liked a bit more backstory to find out why that was there. And I'm sure in the book it is. I read the book when I was about 15 and I haven't read it since. So um, I, I can't really remember too much about
0: the book in the respect of the, the deep little de- details and stuff. Um, and the, the plot doesn't tell you like yeah. detail, these stuff. It's just the outline of what's going on. Um is this is it now you know in it's part two yes he talks about indian uh, indian ritual in yeah that. is that in the book uh the ritual of chud yeah. yes yeah so is Maine known for its ritual practices
1: <laughs> because... well, Put it this way <laughs> i never want to go to maine i never thanks to stephen king i know they're imaginary places i know derry doesn't exist uh and the Ludlow that you see doesn't exist Mm -hmm. but there actually is a Ludlow in Maine but it's not like this um everywhere that Stephen King (laughs) creates a place is always in Maine it's a running theme throughout all of his books I think there is something to do with the mass migration you know when the settlers moved in and pushed Mm -hmm. the natives out so I think I want to say because I'm pretty sure Maine is on the east coast coming in inland right. it's not on the edge um so i do think the settlers push the natives out so i wouldn't be surprised if that's why he's got so many um themes of, of that through yeah so yeah
0: i do i see a lot too that i've noticed because of two that we've <laughs> talked about.
1: there's a lot more of stephen king's with, with native american burial grounds and native american yeah. rituals and yeah
0: no, I don't want to. Ha- I'm sorry to harp on about David Duchovny. I just really fucking, I really enjoyed this film, and I re- like more than probably what I felt before we start recording. Just because of, this is what I do, though. This, when I when I talk something out and hash it out, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, that was that, that was a really good fucking film. And Duchovny, when he finds out that Jud's going into the peace corps, his reaction is not what you would expect mm. of someone's kid who did have to go to Vietnam. Yeah. he should have been fucking foaming yeah he should have been absolutely raging like who are you like my son has just had to go off and do this and you're going to join the fucking peace corps like fuck you he doesn't do that it's like yes yes you go, you go do that like go because I I know what awaits yeah sitting back of the house fucking to me. And he didn't want that for you. He didn't want no. that for him. Um,
1: because they the basically Judd, Timmy, and then there's another character, oh, um Manny. Manny. Manny, yes. Um, and the three of those were like <coughs> lifelong children, childhood <coughs> friends. Manny was of Native American descent.
0: Yeah, um, and oh he had that beautiful his, accent, that beautiful accent. Oh, him and his it. sister, yeah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately,
1: his sister gets buried by Timmy. In America. the in the burial grounds, and his sister comes back, and his sister oh, ooh, oh, all the feet. That, but it was the the sl- feet. Oh, when they she was trying to clean her feet,
0: and the physical and the
1: skin just came off. Well, yeah, it would though. So I am quite. I mean,
0: Impressed. I don't know if it
1: would come off that soon because it was only supposed to be. Uh, the time frame looked like it was only about twelve hours. It depends but,
0: how. It depends on the moisture of that. It always comes down to the moisture of the body. That's what yeah. it all comes down to, whether or not, and also illness can be a great um, factor in your skin falling off. A lot of, mm. oh, AIDS victims had issues with their skin, um, and it yeah. was it's purely just down to the illness. But fuck me, that was horrific. Um, that that was something. I didn't, it
1: really was. I, I, was like, I didn't
0: oh. think I had a problem with feet until I saw that, and I was like, oh, oh, and the detail. It's just the way she looks up at her. <laughs> I know, and she's like. And then she looks down and goes, "Yes, like what's yeah, just come off?" Um, the detail, the the detail in there as well. That is fucking yeah. wow, ow. My all the, all
1: the metal tassels, it, and... so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh. it's, um... she plays. Ooh psychotic well but they implied with her that she was magic i think because she just kept appearing in places and i was just like how the fuck did she get there that quick you know when you're like yeah are we, a, are we can we question this is this something a, we're not
0: supposed to there's a no it, there's some things you don't question but i there's a there's a character in game of thrones who was very who did that quite a lot, Varys and Game of Thrones just fucking appeared everywhere, and it's like, <laughs> how the fuck did you get there? So then you get back there. Like, <laughs> makes no goddamn sense. Anytime anyone can be in one place, it, like, very quickly, I always go back and think of him. I, at first when I met Manny, I was like, oh, he, d- just the initial part of it, I was like, he, you could take him out, and it really wouldn't matter. Like, it could have just been uh, yeah. Judd and Timmy's, uh friendship, but... I'm never going to stop doing it. I know, and I'm really trying hard not to (laughs) laugh. But he—he needed to be there. His he him and his heritage needed to be to explain every like it was. It was needed, and he was he was great. I, I honestly, I just at the beginning part of his story, like being in it, I was like, really, like. It feels like you. It felt like you were fitting someone in just to fit someone in, but then actually, no. He's actually of importance. Like he needs to be there. That friendship. And do you know? what? I really wish they explored the friendship side of things a bit more with them three. Because it 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 was because they started it too far down the line, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it was like a photograph was all you were mentor of. There was a bit of a flashback. Was there a bit of a at the end? At the very very end, yeah. Yeah, not
1: enough at that point. You don't really. you don't
0: care at the end because it's done. Yeah. But. And I do, and I think Jud was so made up with his decision in life that he didn't need his friendships to be the one holding him back. Yeah. So I think he'd completely detached himself. And I'm not saying in an awful way, but needed to detach himself because if he didn't, mm-hmm. he was staying there. And his father even said himself, Lord Lord will eat you whole if you stay yeah. here. You need to go and you need to not come back because this will eat you whole. So I think he needed to emotionally detach himself from people to in order to leave. Unfortunately, yeah. that does not happen for Judge.
1: No, he gets killed it's, by a two-year-old.
0: When he is 60.
1: <laughs> or 40, 40, depending on where you are on the timeline.
0: Yeah, we, we don't quite know. But yeah, um, I have one more. Interesting fact. Um, I I thought it was interesting. So at the beginning of the 1989, when you hear all the kids, do you know who one of them kids is? Jonathan Brandis. Oh, really? Yeah. Jonathan Brandis' voice is part of the children at the beginning of the 1989 movie, which I thought was just fucking lovely. I know hindsight is a great thing, but it's nice to know that he is in two Stephen King adaptations. And he is no longer with us.
1: Oh, consecutive years as well, 89 and 90,
0: yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. I just thought that was such a lovely touch. And I I don't know if I feel like that because he's no longer with us. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, isn't that nice? (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: when you start looking at the budget and box offices for 19 and, and 89, I mean, if if you go by '89 standards, the budget was eleven and a half million for a 1989 movie, which is quite a big budget movie. It's not a bad 89. bit of coin, yeah. Um, and at the box office, it took eighty nine and a half million, so it made a good whack for 1989. However, put that in today's money, the budget was twenty four and a half million, which is half a million more than Scream Two and it took 221 million by today's money so that is a hell of a return of like mm-hmm. 197 yeah or six and a half million now bearing in mind scream didn't scream 2 didn't even made that scream 2 only made 117 million i well, say only week, but week in week comparisons
0: comes...
1: yeah but looking at a big budget sequel that would have had the money behind it. yeah. So something that... And the difference was that came out in 98, 97, Mm -hmm. 98. This was 1989. So it was only seven, eight years before. And that freaks me out because if you watch Pet Sematary 1989 screen Two. There's not even ten year age gap between the two of those movies.
0: No, there's not. And they look so different to watch. So different. But it has such a like the Stephen King of the Stephen King movies at the time. Take the fucking Shining out of it. The Stephen King movies at the time, the aesthetic all looks exactly the same. Yep, made for and TV. I fucking love it. And I've just realized, and I'm not joking, right here, right now. Just realized by looking at my piece of paper, the novel came out in 1983. The mm-hmm. year I was born, the movie came out in 1989. The year my sister was born, petsimetry was meant to be. It was, and it's about there's a sister story in there too. And one of them had meningitis, and she was the young, <laughs> potentially the youngest. So you're Rachel, and you've got PTSD. Is that what we're saying? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I was very well looked after when my sister was in hospital. <laughs> i wasn't left alone with her. no <laughs> she was she, she wasn't that bad she had uh, meningitis septicemia she was uh she physically fine just inside not so much um but yeah <laughs> it's only just occurred to was there while looking i'm like looking at it going yeah i was. i only knew it was 40 years old because i'm 40 years old and it came out in 1983 and i was like oh yeah my sister was born in 1989 huh? Who knew? Um, So there's only six years between book to movie.
1: Yeah, which is quite a fast turnaround, but it wasn't. It would have been quicker, like you said earlier, because he shelved it thinking, oh, it's too dark. So it could have been made a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that the only reason it came out as well was because he owed his old publishing firm one more book. And he didn't really think much of this book in the sense of that he knew it was dark but he didn't want to make a fuss he just thought all right I owe them one last book they paid me for it they can take this one because I'm moving on and things are going to be different and yeah. so he gave them Pet Cemetery. and in doing so he did no press tours for it he did no um none of the usual things that he would do to promote mm-hmm. a book so people thought it was intentional to keep the suspense up of this movie uh um but in fact he just didn't have to because he wasn't contracted contractually oh. obliged anymore towards this um company so when they sold the rights the the book company sold the rights to paramount mm-hmm. who then made pet Sem- well got in contact with Stephen and said look we want to do this we've got the rights to do it we want your blessing to do it which is rare yeah. for a studio to go to the original author but i think stephen king was so big at the time yeah
0: it's nice that they did though because like i know i know the shining isn't um his favorite it's not kubrick's favorite either (laughs) no but (laughs) i personally i really like that film like i take aside take out stephen king's name take i just i just enjoy that movie even though you know I know a lot of things come out about the whole it was made and the treatment of Shelley Duvall and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very I'm, I, I hate that but I do I do like the movie but I can understand why Stephen King because Stephen King is such a generous person when it comes to his rights like he mm-hmm. doesn't have to sell these but he does for people who are in his he loves creativity So he sold his rights for one of his stories for a dollar all because that person was so passionate and so wanting to create something out of his world that he, have it, there you go, give us a dollar, we're done. And to have his work shit upon in a way, because Kubrick, let's face it, didn't even follow half the source material.
1: No, I don't know what Kubrick was doing. I don't know. I think it was a case like we talked about in other movies where different parties are thinking the movie is going to be different things. So, you know, the actors think it's a serious, hard drama. The director thinks it's a sci-fi thriller. The the studio thinks it's a horror movie. The writer knows exactly what it is, but you don't get a say in anything, you Mm. know, so... I think sometimes there's too many egos get involved and mm. people aren't prepared to to step back. And it's not until yeah. X amount of time later, like with Kubrick, X amount of later, he stepped back and he was like, I hate this film. I hate it. And Stephen King steps back and goes, well, that's not my book. I don't know what no. this is. It's no. not my book. I'm glad it's successful. And I'm Good. glad it's got people to read my book, but it's yeah. not my book, you know. So. Many,
0: many years down the line, you will get the sequel by the great Mike Flanagan. As I Doctor enjoyed Lee. it. I, I enjoyed fucking it. loved it. The only thing I hated about it was that the um the shining people, Rose, Rose in the Hat, Rose Hat, Rose, Hat, Hat, Rose, yeah. whatever anyway. Rose it is. the hat, yeah. Rose the hat and her gang. How fucking interesting they were. And they barely got any fucking time. Yeah. That's the only only gripe I have with that film is that they had they had it fucking golden right there. And they ah oh, they just didn't spend enough time with it. And she is fucking phenomenal. Um as a character. Rebecca. And that was uh, I know who she is. I Rebecca know, know. something, isn't it? Rebecca, yeah. yeah. She was in the greatest showman. She's the one who doesn't yeah, think, she was, yeah. <laughs> she does. a mimes to another lady, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, she was so the character itself was just absolutely brilliant. Um but yeah, this didn't spend enough time on it. But I hey, yeah. my Flanagan's got a new TV show out right now.
1: Today, House of Usher. Yes. Um yeah, so I'm gonna give that a go at some point
0: this weekend, I think. But as long as someone um, tells me that no cats get murdered in it, I will be watching it because I have not I watched Midnight Math Spot. Yes.
1: Nor have I. I haven't watched that i've had it spoiled but i still want to see it but i keep i That's, haven't got the mental fortitude to have to be in it and yeah. and and mike flanagan stuff a movie i can deal with hour and a half two hours max you're done yeah. but a series with mike flanagan you've got to be in it you've
0: got to be invested
1: 100 otherwise you miss so much stuff and i'm not there with with midnight mass i'm not i'm not
0: Mentally, I will never be sitting ready to watch that because (laughs) I can't deal with animals and in death. And I have only been managed to do this because I always knew what happened to Churchill. Yeah, always. I've got to say, mind—I know we've not touched on the 2019 one. I loved the press lead-up to this, the media lead-up to the 2019 one i i followed along with it i followed little churchill the cat as he was going off to his premieres and poor poor little thing passed away a year later but he was a stunning striking i think it was a main coon he was big enough to be one he was fucking beautiful and his little tux that he wore and he was so sweet but i did like all the press and the lead up to it and again i think the aesthetic of it is absolutely beautiful i love the color and that is kind of like my idea of where horror like horror is now when i'm thinking of colors and i'm thinking of you know the sceneries that's where i like the i like where we're at with it and i think the the prequel had a lot of that same kind of grainy ish that i can't really describe it it has an atmosphere to it that's yes yeah yeah i
1: mean the 2019 one didn't do bad. I, I'd say it did pretty bloody good, to be honest, at the box mm. office. It had a budget of $21 million, mm-hmm. Um, And at the box office it took $133 million. So that yes. isn't still more than Scream 2. So, you know. It was Scream uh, 2. We're
0: really shitting on this tonight.
1: <laughs> but my point of reference is that this film, people slate the 2019, yeah. but yet. The money is in the box office proves otherwise Mm -hmm. no you're right and it's like the only thing i I just as i said before it's my third in the list because i don't like the use of ellie instead of gage
0: yeah that's my i I don't like that aspect to it i think it's more there's more punch in gage's death than there would be using ellie more punching yeah. it have you got anything else before we wrap this bad boy i have thoroughly enjoyed talking about this my head I've has been in, like, in bit <laughs> in it but i loved yeah. it i've just got a quote from
1: stephen king that he said um mm-hmm. and it's um it's about the book itself and he said it, i can only sum it up by saying this and he said perhaps sometimes dead is better is grief's last lesson It suggests that in the end, we can only find peace in our human lives by accepting the will of the universe. That may sound like corny new age crap, but the alternative looks to me like a darkness too awful for such mortal creatures as us
0: to bear. Wow. We will end it right there. That really does sum it all up. Yep. That is so fucking good. See, this is why he's as good as he is yeah we will end it on that one because i really like i have thoroughly enjoyed this um i didn't know how i was going to feel about just doing pet cemetery because when i said at the beginning who is the monster we don't know that it really is for you to decide i know
1: who it is it's lewis for me lewis is the monster he doesn't learn his lesson and Mm. he repeats the same mistakes it's not the burial Mm. ground it's the person putting
0: them in the ground so But you can make your own mind up. Yes, you, you can. Could, but because this film has and this this book and films have such a way of making you flip flop around in your in your. It has for me. It's like at the beginning of this. I was like, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't have to do it. And then halfway through, as we're talking, I'm like, oh, well, I can, I can kind of see that point. Like it, it because it get that it gets you into. It was such a good conversation about, like, where do your morals lie? Yeah, mortality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, morals and mortality.
1: And, yeah, it's it's a horrible thing to be faced with your own mortality, and mm-hmm. I think that this movie just has a way of bringing mm. life right up to your face and going, "Ooh, we're yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna spare anyone here, old, young, animal. You're getting the lot here." and you know you're slapped in the face by just this amount of like
0: like literally gage was slapped in the face (laughs) with a
1: truck um yeah it's the grief the level of grief that you're faced to deal with a second-hand grief because obviously you're watching it through the person but then like you say with the ability of a grief-stricken person to to bring these people back Mm -hmm. but like i say the it's the einstein quote isn't it insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Yeah, and I think that applies to this story.
0: Oh, absolutely! I have so fucking loved doing this. Um, it's made me have a whole different perspective on Pet Sematary. I liked it to start with. I fucking love it. Like, <laughs> I really have. Like, I didn't get a chance to watch it again, the original again, because couldn't fucking find a link for it for yeah. shit. Um, but just watching. The new one watching the prequel was it it just sparks everything back into place like as in because you you're reliving judd's story which is what you know and it's like you you know even though you know what's gonna happen it still doesn't prepare you for what's about to happen um i thoroughly like i if you've stuck around with this and you've not seen it i do highly recommend going watching it it is a it is a little hidden gem that has come out this year and against, you know, we've got big hitters like The Exorcist Believer and we've got Saw X and Evil Dead Rise coming out earlier in the air and Scream. This is like just come out of fucking nowhere for me. Like really has. Yeah, it's under
1: the radar, because it's literally gone straight to Paramount Plus. So mm-hmm. it didn't get a theatrical release like all of those movies. So they know what they're doing, yeah. I think, because
0: I think they do. They've
1: probably tripled their um I mean <sighs> subscription for for people but i do think that people are just so willing to tank things these days that they don't even give it a chance yeah and it's not a reboot it's not a rehash it's not a remake this is a prequel Mm -hmm. and it's the prequel that explains a lot of things but also like you say puts a lot of things into question
0: Mm -hmm. knowing knowing more about judd exactly knowing what judd knows then what judd has been through to what he then does later and it's like so many, so many things that are like going through your head as you're trying to figure out why he would. But that is the genius part about fandism and nerdism and pop culture is that you can keep having these fucking conversations until the end of time, or till you're dead,
1: or till the end of this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> till then. Yeah. Well, that was great. I really have enjoyed that, and um, we. Uh, we don't know what we're doing for the next nope. one. I have no idea. For nope. the next few weeks, you are just going to be on tender hooks, and I will have to, we will, or we will have to tell you as and when it comes out. Yeah,
1: because I'm a pain in the ass.
0: <laughs> she's not. She's, having, <laughs> she's not. She's really not having a well deserved break. But we are fitting in things. So we our, our spot is still there. So nobody takes it. <laughs> Don't take our spot. How <laughs> dare <get> you. you. <laughs> so yes, um, next one will be whatever it is I tell you when we either in the chat or by promotional work. Yes. If you can, please like, share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like this video. Share it with your friends. Share it with your mom. Share it with your dad. Share it with your granddad. Because are the best. Um, also, yes, oh, he's on your arm like forever. Um, if you don't want to or don't listen to us on YouTube you could, or watch us on YouTube, you can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. We are there. You can give us a heart. You can ask us a question. You can leave us a comment. You can write us a review. You can even go back and download and listen to some old classics like Pennywise. Or the Invisible Man. Or the Thing. Or the, or the Thing. Pre- or going back the Predator. Or yeah. going back the Creature. We've got loads. We've got loads of monsters that you could go back and rehash and just enjoy. Just enjoy. Um, What else? Is it. That's it. Is that it? Done Done did? Is that it? Like, share, subscribe? ITunes, iTunes and catalog. We're on Monday. We're on Monday. We're back on Monday. <laughs> ah, yes. yes. We're back on Monday. Monster Mondays on YouTube at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Yeah, that's it. Wow, that seemed pretty short, like the end, and I can only like, drag that one out. But, hey, oh, well. Sometimes dead is better. (laughs) I don't know if I'll ever stop saying that. No, never, (laughs) never. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching. I hope you really enjoyed it as much as we did. And we'll see you next time. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye.